0: I'm Richard Hake with Life After Sandy, WNYC series on the recovery and rebuilding after the storm. The vulnerability of the New York City subway system is one of the bigger issues the entire region has to face as planning for other storms gets underway. Now, the MTA is taking its first big step since Sandy to prevent flooding from future storm surges. It's building a wall to keep out the sea along the A-Line as it travels across Jamaica Bay to the Rockaways. WNYC's Jim O'Grady visited the peninsula and watched as construction on this wall began.
1: It's official. We're Holland now, or we're about to be. This is the sound of machinery hammering a section of corrugated steel wall that's 40 feet tall. It's going into the soft soil of a narrow stretch of land that connects the bulk of Queens to the community of Broad Channel. Sandy put this stretch of the A-train's tracks under five feet of water. So the MTA is spending $38 million to put a wall between Jamaica Bay and the eastern side of this island. The wall will stretch nearly two miles. To make sure it's strong enough to hold off another flood, workers are pounding each section about 30 feet into the ground. In the end, the wall will rise only seven feet above the rails, two feet above Sandy's height. The MTA thinks that's high enough. On a recent windy afternoon, Contractor Mitch Levine is watching workers pile drive and weld each section into place. He says the wall is designed to withstand salt water.
2: Now this steel is special steel, it's marine steel, that will stop it from eroding over the course of 100 years. It's all tongue and groove and it gets locked into each other.
1: The wall is supposed to prevent future storm surges from doing what Sandy did. MTA manager Raymond Wong says Sandy ripped the embankment right out from under 400 feet of track.
3: Tracks are hanging in the air. Been there
1: yet. For three weeks after Sandy, each tide took another bite from the embankment, until the MTA rebuilt the shore by dumping tons of stone and concrete next to the tracks. This stretch of the A-train across Jamaica Bay is still not in service. Thousands of riders now cram into crowded shuttle buses and face rush-hour commutes that can end after midnight.
0: Tired, man. i want to, I want to all day, man.
1: The wall will serve a second purpose, keeping debris off the line. 48 boats came to rest on the tracks after Sandy, along with jet skis, docks, and fuel tanks. The cleanup alone took three months. I asked Raymond Wong... What else had to be removed? He says coconuts. Lots of coconuts. Coconuts? Coconuts. Coconuts, probably from the Caribbean. The MTA is taking a much more short-term approach to repairing the A-train's damaged electrical system. Raymond Wong takes me a mile away to a control house in the rail yard at the end of the line in Rockaway Park. He shows off rooms stuffed with equipment that looked modern in the 1950s when it was installed. One panel has thousands of fuses, each with its own hand-lettered tag. Sandy turned these rooms into temporary aquariums.
2: Everything was just coated in salt water, and it just undermined the copper. When we came over here, the whole thing was just a big block of rust.
1: Electricity is vital to the subway. It powers signals that keep the trains apart and switches that move those trains down the right track. There's lighting at stations, public address systems... So what is the MTA doing to protect the electrical equipment at low-lying sites from future storms?
2: We're just trying to get up and running over here. There's really not much you can do.
1: Wong says ideally, the MTA will lift the control house 10 feet in the air, rip out the old components, and computerize the system. But that's millions of dollars and years away. His goal right now is to get the A-train back by summer, however he can. For WNYC,
0: I'm Jim O'Grady. We have another story that originates in the Broad Channel section of Queens. There, and in other low-lying areas around the region, homeowners are discovering the downside of living in a 100-year flood zone. WNYC's Matthew Sherman explains new advisory flood maps issued by the Federal Emergency Management Agency over the past few months are threatening to make flood insurance unaffordable to many residents.
2: Right here. What we're looking at is a house that's in the final stages of construction. It was, you know, knocked down and rebuilt.
3: Dan Mundy is showing me a house in Broad Channel, Queens, a narrow island right in the middle of Jamaica Bay.
2: It originally was um, about two foot lower. So, you know, it was raised. The
3: first floor of the house used to be about four feet off of the ground. During Sandy, the water came up about two feet above that.
2: We know because it just touched Bob's porch.
3: So, after the storm, Bob, the owner added a couple more layers worth of cinder block to the foundation to lift the house up higher. In part, that's to guard against the next storm. It also normally would have kept Bob's insurance premiums in check. It's currently
2: at uh, Sandy's height.
3: Except that this winter, after Bob raised the house, the Federal Emergency Management Agency came out with new flood maps that said there's a 1% chance a year that flooding will go several feet higher than even Sandy did. In other words... Bob didn't raise the house high enough.
2: So now Bob's house here, which was a smart move to move up, and we are encouraging residents to go that high, would still be anywhere from three to four feet below the new base flood elevation.
3: Not only that, the maps also put all of Broad Channel in what's called a V-zone. That means there's supposedly a chance that large waves will come up onto the shore and knock down houses. So Bob not only has to elevate his house higher... But he also has to replace the cinder block foundation with stilts that will withstand waves.
2: Most people are not yet aware of what we're talking about here. It's starting to get out. And as the word gets out on the implications of this, you're seeing a lot of concern.
3: If Bob doesn't elevate more and doesn't put his house on stilts, he could end up in a few years spending as much as $31,000 annually on flood insurance. That's more than $2,000 a month. Monday who's the president of the Broad Channel Civic Association, says FEMA's maps don't take into account the details of local geography.
2: All the hurricanes and nor'easters in this area come up in a counterclockwise rotation. So they always push in. The wind always comes out of the east.
3: Mundy says there's no way waves could reach Bob's house because it's on the western side of the island. The new flood maps, if approved would add more than 65,000 structures in New York and New Jersey to 100-year flood zones. Everyone in those zones is required to get flood insurance if they have a bank mortgage, and many of them have complaints about the new maps. George Cosimos, a realtor in Toms River, New Jersey, found himself in a proposed V-zone, even though he's located on a protected lagoon that's off of a protected bay.
0: We don't understand how... A wave is going to miraculously come over the Barry Islands, over a shallow bay, in front of a couple other bulkheads, and then hit us with a three-foot wave.
3: Casimo started a group called Stop FEMA Now that's got more than 2,000 Facebook members and is getting bigger and bigger crowds at gatherings. The pain that homeowners feel is being augmented by a federal law passed last summer that will force up the flood insurance premiums they pay by as much as 25% a year. That bill was supposed to reduce taxpayer subsidies to the National Flood Insurance Program. Now, there's a movement to scale the law back.
1: Constituents have, you know, come up and talked about how they're trying to rebuild their lives, that they lost everything in the storm.
3: That's Gregory Meeks, the congressman who represents Broad Channel. Last year, he voted for the higher premiums.
1: We understand that, that people who don't live in flood-prone areas don't want to have to pay for those who do live in flood-prone areas.
3: Last month, Meeks co-sponsored a bill to slow down the increases on those insurance premiums. Steve Ellis is vice president of Taxpayers for Common Sense in Washington. He says backpedaling is the wrong thing to do. It seems like a nice thing to either
1: delay the maps or to suppress the rates. It's this bizarre form of paternalism and the fact that this is one of the things that informs people of their risk. They're not reducing the risk by reducing the rates.
3: In other words, if your insurance costs a lot, It's because you're in a risky area. But now FEMA is backing off of its maps. Last week, an official, Doug Bellamo, said the method FEMA used for estimating wave action in developing the advisory maps may have been overstated and that the final maps coming out this summer could remove some people from the controversial V-zones. For WNYC, I'm Matthew Sherman.
0: Visit WNYC.org for a map showing the new and old flood zones, as well as stories, photos, and videos from our series, Life After Sandy.